Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Lower your score and improve your game with custom-fitted clubs at Pureform Golf. This is Off The Tee with Sam Hargraves and Nick O'Hearn. Amazing. Grace Kim is an LPGA winner in just her third start as a rookie. Ah, yes, indeed. A very good evening to you and welcome to Off The Tee, our third episode this year. Sam Hargraves uh, with the former world number 16, the only man with a two-zip record against Tiger Woods. Nick Ahern, hello to you. G'day, Sam. Well, what a way to start off this show um, with Grace Kim is the big story in Australian golf. I know that we've got Liv in Adelaide and we're going to speak all about that. You're going to be there covering it for SEN. Heaps of talk about from RBC as well. But when a player who we've been speaking about for a while with the promise that she's shown in just her third LPGA event gets a a win in the manner in which she won it, that is something to celebrate. What a performance from Grace Kim. Yeah, it certainly was. I mean, we've been keeping a close eye on her over the last couple of years. I never really knew too much about her amateur career, but when I did a bit of research, uh, she's the Australian amateur champion. Uh, won a gold medal at the Youth Olympics. That's quite a fascinating stat as well. But she's been uh, showing a lot of promise, obviously. She's had uh, four times. She's had the Kari Webb Scholarship, and she's part of the Golf Australia Rookie Squad now as well. And I think last year when she played on the Epson Tour over in the US, she got a win, and that's how she got her card on the LPGA Tour. That That's really a great breeding ground over there for a lot of the young players coming through. So they get used to that week-in, week-out golf and uh, and playing on a you know on a, a very recognized tour obviously and we've seen it play so well here in Australia had the tied second at the Victorian Open at the beginning of the year and and uh, was runner up at the west at the women's PGA championship obviously but what a performance and and looking at her game I'm 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 looking for a weakness and I just don't see one from Tita Green she's just very solid Short game's great, beautiful putter, and obviously got a great head on her shoulders. So she wins the, the Lottie Championship in Hoakale. Uh, now, I'm going to go with that again. <laughs> Hoakale? Yeah, sounds about right. Hoakale? Hoakale. That it's, would be better. I reckon that, that yeah. seems like it's more. <laughs> yeah, that seems like it works better. Our country club, first hole of the three player playoff. Interestingly, that her golf New South Wales buyer, Lustana Green, Minji Lee, Curry Webb, and Lydia Coe as her inspirations. In golf, she's just done what Minji Lee did in 2016, winning this event. The playoff against uh, Yu Liu uh, from China and Sung Yu Jin uh, from Korea. Um, had to birdie 17-18 just mm. to make the playoff and then wins it in the first hole. I mean, that is clutch yeah. golf. Well, just the closing stages, I, I, I watched the end of it, and the tee shot she hit on 17 is water all the way up the right-hand side. Just mm. hits a pure drive down there. Seven iron stuffs it in there to about eight or nine feet, rolls that putt in. It's almost a must-make birdie putt for her to have a chance. The final hole is reachable. So, you know, there was a chance of making eagle, but needed that birdie on 17, and then she played a wonderful bunker shot on the last hole on the 18th to about eight or nine feet, and what a clutch putt to get her into the playoff. 
uh, even the courage to take on the water uh, <laughs> in the manner that she did. And, and uh, 300,000 US uh, first place prize. But more importantly, she uh, books her spot on the LPGA Tour for the next two years, which is huge. Um, just in her second year as a pro, I commentated the Western Plains Open at Dubbo in 2021, where she came second by a shot playing against the men. Daniel Gale won that day, but all we could talk about was Grace Kim. And the thing that stood out to us was her approach. Yeah. Just like throwing throwing darts at a dartboard. She was 180 every time, just landing it and setting up birdie opportunity after birdie opportunity. Incredibly fluent swing. So impressive. Yeah, as I mentioned from Tita Green, I really just think she's one of the best ball strikers out there on the tour, whether it's men or women. And, you know, you couple that with an outstanding short game, a really good putting stroke, and she's going to give herself plenty of opportunities. The things, you know, that reason we haven't obviously seen on the LPGA before is because she was an amateur. She turned pro, uh, I think, in 2021, did her time on the Epson Tour, which is the secondary tour in the U.S., Got her card in her first attempt, you know, through that season. Played extremely well. Probably finished about fourth or fifth, I think, on the money list. And now in her third event, I mean, it's just it's just a, a sudden, I guess, well, it's not a sudden rise. It's just been a, a, a nice, consistent climb, I guess, is what you could say. And just the way she handled herself in that playoff as well, to be aggressive with that second shot. She admittedly said, you know, she probably pushed it a little bit, wasn't trying to get it that close to the water, but... In playoffs, you really have to be aggressive, especially when there's three of you. And you kind of know that a birdie is going to win that golf tournament. You can't, if you make par, you're probably going to get knocked out. So she took the aggressive approach, all credit to her. And I was always curious, could she finish things off? Because I've seen her in these positions before where she hasn't quite closed it, but she's only 22. So there's Mm. obviously a long road ahead of it. But to get this exemption now is huge because that's the one thing as a professional golfer, usually it's just a year to year. Uh, basis is what you're, what you're working on. That's your job. Whereas if you can get two years under your belt, knowing you've got status there, that's massive. And that also is going to get into majors and all the big events now. Well, the next event is the Chevron Championship, one of five majors uh, and the first of the year for the LPGA. This was Grace Kim after the win. How did it go out there? Um, yeah, I mean, I really didn't have high expectations. I think I just really tried to play my own game, didn't try to force anything, um, just trying to I guess go with the flow. Um, yeah, I'm still I'm still speechless that it's kind of done already, um, and I got the got the job done. So, yeah, kinda, mine's kind of busy, I'd say. <laughs> uh, coming down the stretch there, I know watch probably watching the leaderboard a little bit. What was going through your mind those last four or five holes? Well, I think after bogeying 14, I think I just try to give it my all. Um, yeah, I tried my best, and it came out to be a good result so I mean birdie on 17 again was a great momentum forward so definitely gave it aggressive go on 18 and yeah birdied it twice so which is good that uh that birdie putt in the playoff I mean that's a knee knocker sliding down the hill sliding a little bit to the left I mean just tell me about that putt yeah I mean having that putt before on during my actual round um had a little left to rider but it was a little further left than where my original putt was so seeing the girls seeing you miss it left um, Eugene missed it right. I'm like, I think this is straight. So I kind of just went straight at it and yeah, got it done. Um, yeah. Incredible for performance, um, a four under 68 on the final day, second round, five under 67 and 71 on day one, a 70 
uh, on day two, and then that $300,000 US uh, first place prize. So not only sets herself up financially with the biggest uh, windfall of her career, but sets her career up for the next two years with that status. And um, it's incredibly exciting to, to have another player winning tournaments on the LPGA. And she talks about the, you know, the people who are inspiration in Hannah Green and Minji Lee and, um, and then before that, Kari Webb and also Lydia Ko um, as well. But, you know, she's there playing. Carice Davidson was tied 19th. Sarah Kemp, Steph Kiriakou, Sarah Jane Smith. We're so strongly represented, Nick, uh, on the LPGA at the moment. Mm. Yeah, we've got a good seven or eight players over there now, really playing full time. And I mean, Minji Lee and Hannah Green have sort of been carrying the baton, I guess you could mm. say. Uh, Sue O has also been playing over there quite regularly. But these younger players like Kiriaku, Davidson, and now Grace Kim. And then you've also got these other players on the Epson Tour as well. Look out for Cassie Porter. She's playing that tour yes. this year. I think she's going to have a... You're a big rap. I, I really like her game, and, and uh, I know her coach very well, Daniel Morrison, and uh, and <clears throat> I think she's a star of the future for sure. But Australian golf, especially on the women's side, we're in very good hands. Absolutely. So congratulations to Grace Kim. Um, we've both been singing her praises for, for a while now and talking about you wait, you wait, you wait, star in the making, star in the making, and in just a third event to get her first LPGA win is seriously impressive. Uh what a finish to the RBC. Let's have a listen uh, to the PGA now, how this unfolded. Last week, we were spoilt with John Rahm and Brooks Kepka duking it out on the final day. Well, a couple of other heavyweights, not uh, physically, but in their <laughs> golf status, a couple of smaller individuals, but hey, with very, very um, big presence on the uh, PGA Tour, uh, Jordan Spieth and Matt, Fitz, Matt Fitzpatrick, uh, they were going head-to-head uh, on the final day of the RBC, let's ha- let's have a listen to let's have a listen and hear how it finished. Here it is. No! Wow, my gosh! It looked like it was going to drop. It's on the other side of the cup. At that speed, you gotta think it's going to catch the hole and drop down. Does it again? Dead center. What a cool customer. Oh, like the putt of 18. A little more speed, it was in. Wow. How about those two putts in the playoff? If both of them just had a little bit more speed, they would have held their line and dropped down. Very high and just left of it. Oh, Not that much. Bounce forward. It's right at it. Keep going. And for the Fitzpatrick family, it's about to come full circle. Harper Town is the family paradise. Oh, it certainly was. It's a great story, but what a finish. RBC Heritage, Harper Town, Golf Links, Hilton Head Island in South Carolina. Uh, Nick, Matt, Fit- Matt Fitzpatrick, it's his first win since the US Open last year. Birdies, the third playoff hole against Jordan Spieth. Spieth. Spieth missed those two birdie parts by just millimetres, especially the first one on the first hole of the playoff. Uh, it would have won him the title, which he was defending. Um, and then on the third hole of the playoff, Fitz knocks it within a foot on the approach. While all the USA, USA chants are going, Spieth had to drain the long birdie part, couldn't make it. It was a tap-in for him. 
The crowd were so animated that even Jordan Spieth had to turn around at one point and go, hey, 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 just just go easy. Like, thanks for the – just tone it down a little. Um, that is ice cold from from Fitz. Oh, it was all class. And uh, and he did it with the 9-iron again, that shot as well, <laughs> which is the club he used to hit it out of the fairway bunker on the final hole of the US Open. So mm. I think that 9-iron is fast becoming his favourite club. But uh, framing that. <clears throat> yeah, coming down the stretch – it was a fascinating battle. I mean, we also had uh, Patrick Cantlay playing with uh, Spieth and Fitzpatrick as well. And Wasn't that a juxtaposition? Oh, I tell you what. Uh, Fitz is the fastest player, yeah. maybe. He, he's going through his routine while you're, you know, not in your eye line, but he's ready to go the moment that it's his turn. Yeah. And then there's Cantlay. <laughs> Snail's pace. It's, oh. it's, it's tough. And, and look, Spieth is not fast either, trust me. But Spieth is more interesting because when he's going through his routine, you can hear him talking to his caddy, Michael Grella, and yep. the conversations are fascinating. Aren't they? You know, they're just going through every detail, and, and you're kind of really absorbing and enjoying it, whereas Cantlay, it's just brutal to watch him stand there and shuffle his feet and look up and look back. And Billy Foster, who's uh, Matt Fitzpatrick's caddy, they had a couple of shots of him during the coverage where he's just got his hand on his on his bag, and he's, like, yawning. and <laughs> He just looks so <laughs> so over it, basically. But uh, the way Fitzpatrick handed himself down the stretch, birdieing 15 and 16 to draw level yep. with Spieth. Um, after he bogeyed 14, opened the door. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was a wonderful battle. And as you said, Spieth just had a real chance. He made a nice putt in regulation on the 72nd hole to get into the playoff. He had mm. a hole about a six-footer. But he the putt on the first playoff hole, how that stayed out, I don't know. Even Jim Nance was, you know, calling it basically. Yep. Here it is, you know, and but it didn't go in to his surprise. And then they both hit incredible shots on the second play of hole, the par three, the seventeenth. And I really thought one of them was going to make it, but I'm glad they got it done on the third play of hole because I think they're running out of light. Yeah. But the shot he hit in, oh my goodness! I mean, it just never left the flag, and uh, you know, it's nice to have a six-inch uh, putt to win a golf tournament. I'll say that absolutely. And, and Hilton Head is just one of those golf courses. I love it there, and all the players do as well. So I want to ask you about that. So for Fitz, for Matt, I call him Fitz like we know yeah. each other. For Matt. It's because I keep stumbling over his name and I don't know why. For Matt Fitzpatrick. You say Fitzy. <laughs> he spent childhood summers there. They would holiday to Hilton Head Island. He dreamed of playing that course as a professional. He played a couple of times with his dad. He said, we'll hear that in just a moment. So for him, even though he's a major winner, this is the most cherished tournament that he could have won. So that was a really special story in there. We know why it's so special to him, but I heard Ian Baker Finch talking about it, uh, Trevor Immelman talking about it, what, and I've heard you. Why is it such a special place? Why is it such a loved event? Well, for starters, it's just a nice, relaxed atmosphere. When you arrive there, you almost feel like you're on vacation because you're on this seaside little town, I guess you could say. At, you know, at Harbour Town, you've got the lighthouse, and there's a nice little village around there where you can have go to restaurants and enjoy yourself. But I think the golf course is just so unique. Mm. Very, very tight, very narrow. Uh, you need to shape the ball, work the ball both ways. They have some of the smallest greens on tour. I think the eighth hole, that green is possibly the lowest hit green in regulation on tour all year. It's just such a difficult green to hit in two. So your short game really needs to be on song, and it's not a bomber's paradise. you just got to work your way around, think it, and it's just completely different to every other golf course they play out there. And when I was on tour, I, I wish I could play that course every week. I mean, I would have been consistently in the top 10 in the world, I think, because whenever <laughs> I played there, I, I played pretty well. What's your best finish? 
Well, I played with Brant Snedeker in the final round one year. might have been 2010 or 11, and we were about three or four groups back. He shot 64. He holed everything. Mm. Ended up uh, losing oh, – sorry, winning in a playoff against Luke Donald, and I think I finished sixth that year. So it wasn't too bad. But I've, I think I had a couple of top tens and always just loved that golf course, that tournament itself. And, and for the local community, it, they put on such a great show. And one of the big yeah. disappointments, I think, for all of them was Rory McIlroy withdrawing at the start of the week. That was a tough blow. I, I want to put a pin in that because I want to spend a bit more time mm. on it in the next segment before we get to Live Adelaide, which you're going to be covering uh, for SEN. Uh, we're sending a, a fantastic team over there. Very jealous that, that I won't be there, but I know you guys will do a ripping job. Um, so there's a heap to talk about. We'll hear from Cam Smith uh, and Bryson DeChambeau uh, a little later. We'll talk about Rory and maybe, speaking of juxtapositions, John Rahm's view on being at that tournament after just winning the Masters and then Rory not being there. So it is a big it is a big story uh, and we will address it. Um, feel good story before we hear from, uh, from Fitzpatrick and from Spieth going into the break. Jimmy Walker hmm. has been a long time out of the game and makes a comeback, was a 36-hole leader. Um, but I thought that was a feel-good story that, that he's on the comeback trail um, and, and they're now playing well. Yeah. I mean, I've played a lot of golf with Jimmy over the years when I was over there. He's, he's won a major. He's won other tournaments. Yeah. Played Ryder Cup. You know, he was a, one of the best players in the world at yeah. one point. A very flamboyant style of play, I guess you could say. Um, but, yeah, he, he went – he uh, I think he got bitten on some sort of a, a camping trip that he went on and, and that's where he developed the Lyme disease, which – Gave him some physical problems, and he was basically just miserable when he was playing golf. Like, he yeah. just wasn't playing well. Obviously, health was a big issue for him. Mm. And great to see him back playing well again. Unfortunately, he didn't have the week end that he wanted. He, he was leading after two days, but then struggled over the weekend. However, it sounded as though he's in a much uh, better place from a mental standpoint, and his game's coming back. And look, the Americans, they love a good feel-good story. They do. Well, Matt Fitzpatrick certainly got to experience that. His uh, childhood holiday destination with his family coming across from England. They came year after year uh, to Hilton Head, and he was the winner today in the RBC Heritage against Jordan Spieth, third hole of, a th of the playoff, and this was him after the win. You've won the U.S. Open. Uh, now you have your first non-major on the PGA Tour. Talk a little bit about what it means to do it right here at Hilton Head. Uh, yeah, I think I can retire now. Um, yeah, this this one is the one that I've always wanted to win. Um, any golf tournament, you know, uh, other other than the majors, of course. You know, there there isn't a higher one on my list than to win this one, uh, and that's you know that's the truth. My my family can tell you that, and my friends can tell you the same thing. This place is just a special place for me, and um, you know, means the world to have won it. You move up to 22 in the FedEx Cup standings and a career-high number eight in the world rankings. Just talk a little bit about what that means uh, as you set your goals for the rest of the season. Yeah, obviously, I felt like I got off to a slow start. I uh, didn't play much in the fall, and, um, you know, this, this gives me a huge boost. Um, this really, you know, cements my place up there in the top 30 for Tour Championship, and, um, you know, that's, that's the goal is to always make it there, of course, and um, as well as, you know, getting as high up on the world rankings as possible. Yeah, I mean, it, I didn't know it was going to be this windy. And um, when we got started, I thought 500 would get it done, to be honest. Um, it was a really good round. I got off to a dream start and then just kind of hung in there for a little while and uh, and then made a nice putt to get into the playoff and then uh, played the playoff really well. I don't think I would have done anything differently. I got stuck in between clubs twice and hit a really nice one the first one time on 18. And I just 
I just flew it too far the second time. But um, someone was going to make a birdie. It wasn't going to be a, a bogey to lose that playoff the way that, that we were both playing today. So um, he just did what he needed to do on 15 in when, when it had been kind of me and Patrick for a little while there. He just kind of snuck in and played some tremendous golf. I know it's been a grueling stretch for you coming off the Masters tournament and then defending here. Uh, what is the plan moving forward? When will we see you next? Uh, at least two weeks off. Um, I've, I'm up in the air on Charlotte um, as next event or Dallas, but probably Charlotte. So that was the winner of the RBC Heritage first, Matt Fitzpatrick, and then uh, the man he beat on the third hole of the playoff, Jordan Spieth. Uh, who was the defending championship. One shot further back was Patrick Cantlay. Uh, Xander Schofley was at 15 under. Sahith Thigala continues to impress, tied for fifth, along with Hayden Buckley. Brian Harmon, Sungjae Im, Emiliano Grillo, and Cam Davis, the Aussie, were tied at seven under. Um, the next best of the Aussies, which I just had up. Here we go. Adam Scott was tied for 31st. Lucas Herbert tied for 63. And Minwoo Lee, Missed the cut. You're listening to Off the Tee. Sam Hargraves, Nick Ahern for Pure Form Golf. Improve your game with custom-fitted clubs at Pure Form Golf. We'll speak about Rory McIlroy's absence because it certainly was a major talking point of the RBC Heritage before we turn our attention to a huge event that's happening in Adelaide, Live Golf, coming to Australia. That's all coming up on Off the Tee. Lower your score and improve your game with custom-fitted clubs at Pure Form Golf. This is Off The Tee with Sam Hargraves and Nick O'Hearn. Let's do a news update for Ping Golf. Use Ping Golf equipment so you can play your best golf. Nick O'Hearn, I want to read a couple of quotes from John Rahm to you. Ahead of the RBC Heritage, he was asked about whether he'd consider taking a week off after having just won the Masters. He said... I made a commitment earlier in the year, and I want to honour that commitment. I put myself in the shoes of not only the spectators, but the kids. If I was one of the kids, I would want to see the recent Masters champion play. He then went on to say, it's my job, right? I mean, people, it's like I said in the press conference, people pay their hard-earned money to watch me perform. It's my job to perform. They don't care if I slept good or bad, or I feel good or bad. It doesn't matter. As a competitor, I'm not ducking anything in that sense. I'm going to try and go... I'm going to go out and try to shoot low. That was John Rahm. Rory McIlroy, for the second time in one of these feature events with a $20 million purse that he campaigned so hard to get to try and stop the exodus of players from the PGA to live golf, has not shown up for the second one of these, costing what they reckon would be about $4.5 million in the PIP payments. What do you make of his absence? It was certainly noted and certainly discussed a lot during uh, the recent RBC Heritage over the weekend. Yeah, it was very disappointing, to be honest. I mean, uh, these designated events, as they're calling them, the the $20 million ones, they're allowed to skip one. Now, Rory did it at the start of the year, the Kapalua event Mm. in Hawaii. So now that he's done it a second time, that's why the fine is coming in. It's obviously, I think, a result of... His master's performance, it wasn't great. Um, you know, people are saying, well, he's, has he overplayed and all that sort of thing? Well, I don't think so because I think we're into, what, week 15 now on the PGA Tour and he's played six or seven events. So he hasn't played a lot of golf when you look at it that way. How, and he had a week off before the Masters. He missed the cut at the Masters. He's not going to be playing, uh, I think, he'll only be playing two out of the next five or six weeks. So it's not like he's going to be playing a lot of golf. It was just the fact that I think... He probably didn't want to answer all the questions that were going to come his way with such a disappointing performance. He puts so much pressure on himself, I think, when he plays the Masters and these majors at the moment. 
and has led the way, obviously, with this new schedule that uh, I, th- I think he's going to regret it, put it that way. And uh, it's one of those decisions that he probably made at the, a bit of a rush of blood or however you want to call it. But um, he'll look back and think, oh, I shouldn't have done that. I should have played this week. And uh, we've all been there. We've all sort of had those, I think, uh, feelings after a golf tournament when you haven't played well and you think, ah, stuff it, I'm just going to withdraw. Now, you have to obviously give a reason for that. And I don't think he's still given a reason. No, he hasn't. And uh, Xander Schofield, was asked about it. He said, rules are rules. So, I mean, for the most part, a lot of what he wanted is what's happening. And the irony is that he's not here. Uh, Joel Damon said, I feel like Rory was leading the charge on the changes that have been made. And he helped make the rules. He knew what the rules were. So, he knew what was coming. He also has so much money. I don't, <laughs> he doesn't care about $3 million. Uh, he's a, he's a quite a funny guy. He's a Joel Damon. Uh, if you haven't watched full swing, oh, I found his, uh, yeah, his episode good. really enjoyable. So no one's really sure as to why Rory's not there, but he's come under fire recently from his former manager for doing the interview down the fairway at the masters, which I actually praise him for. Cause I think it's the future of broadcasting players are going to need to give more to make sure they get more in terms of eyes on the product. Um, thinking that he's been too much of a mouthpiece for the PGA, uh, his former manager, who they did end things in acrimonious sort of circumstances way back. But, um, yeah, it seems very strange that he's not there. Yeah, it's a, it's a big And blow. disappointing. Yeah, I think disappointing is the right word because, especially for the tournament, um, you know, all the, I know a lot of the tournament, uh, the, the hosts there, the, the, the local community, they love this golf tournament. I mean, every golf tournament obviously has a local mm. community. So it's pretty, pretty sad for them not to have... Rory there. The good news was um, all the other big stars showed up and played very well. John yep. Rahm, you could almost excuse him after the Masters going, no, I'm not going to play next week. But he, he committed to it and he says, no, I'm going to do it. So yep. hat, hats off. I mean, that's fantastic. But So if it's good enough for him, yep. off the mark, the biggest moment of his career, might not ever top it. We think he will, but he may never. <laughs> Certainly others who we thought were going to go on and dominate you know, for many, it, 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 you know, it, the, the pack catches them or whatever it might be. Now, we don't think that's going to happen to him, but we didn't think it was going to happen to Brooks Kepka or Dustin Johnson or Jordan Spieth. Or, but it does, and it can. Mm. So for him to say after the greatest moment of his career, no, no, I made a commitment, I'm going to play that tournament. If it's good enough for him, then why is it not good enough for Rory? Before we come back and we'll dig right into what's going to happen, a huge event, the, the live event in Adelaide at the Grange. Let's just go through some other Aussie results from around the globe because there's been some good ones, Nick. Yeah, there certainly has. I mean, uh, Brett Druitt on the Corn Ferry Tour was playing the Veritex Band Championship at Texas Rangers Golf Course in Arlington. Um, yeah, mate of mine, he used to be the general manager for the Texas was Chuck Rangers. Norris there? Chuck, <laughs> Chuck Norris <laughs> As is here. Walker, Texas Ranger? Walker's Texas oh, Ranger. There you go. That's who should be the... Uh, yeah. <laughs> the, the number one ticket holder of that event. But uh, Brett drew it. He took a five-shot lead going into the final round. Now, he's uh, played on the PGA Tour before, and he's been playing really well uh, this season. He's had three top fives in about six starts. So he was hoping to get that first win, and, and I mean, he's still looking very, very good. But unfortunately, he got pipped at the post by Spencer Levine, Levine sorry, who shot eight under 63. Now, Spencer Levine, I tell you, he's a character. He's one of these journeyman mini tour type players. Mm. He uses a putter like uh, Happy Gilmore does. I don't know if you ever seen the film. Yes. Well, with the hockey sort of style. Yeah. Uh, we should do the greatest golf films ever made uh, uh, one episode. That, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll rank them. <laughs> 
But anyway, it was it was an outstanding week, obviously, for Brett, but he just couldn't quite close it out. Also, who was playing uh, Australian-wise in that event was Curtis Luck, who finished tied 30th, mm. Rain Gibson for, uh, tied 46th, and Demi Papadatos, he uh, tied 68th. So yep. he's over there playing well. Um, and then on the Asian Tour, the International Series Vietnam, which is part of... Uh, I guess a pathway to the, the live golf events. Uh, Sydney's Kevin Wan finished runner up uh, in that event, which was a, obviously a very, very good stepping stone for him on the order of merit to try and get onto the live tour next year. But Kieran Vincent, uh, a Zimbabwean golfer won his brother, Scott Vincent actually won the order of merit mm. last year and he's now playing on the live tour. So a great uh, effort from Kevin. 173,000 us uh, for Kevin for, for getting that. And uh, you mentioned, um, you mentioned before on the Corn Ferry, Brett drew at 90 grand US mm. uh, for him to win that. And we should mention too that uh, with Cam Davis, who uh, had a great finish and is having a really good year, tied for seventh at the RBC Heritage. How much was that? 607,000 US. So about 900,000 Australian. <laughs> yeah, that works, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. I know when I finished, what, what did he finish? Tied seven? I was tied six. There was nowhere near that much. <laughs> <laughs> I only bring it up because you did mention you were tied for six earlier, Nick. So Thanks. my, yeah. how the purses have changed. Oh, yes. Uh, any others? Um, let me think. Uh, on the Champions Tour, David Toms uh, had a nice win over there. Yep. That, he's just a, an evergreen golfer, old David. And Steve Olker, the New Zealander, not the Aussie, but uh, Steve Olker, he finished second. He's just continuing his great Champions Tour form. And of the Aussies, the best was Rod Pampling. He finished in a tide for 10th. So Rod's still playing some excellent golf. Uh, we're going to preview this massive live golf event that's coming to Adelaide this weekend. Uh, SEN will be uh, the broadcast rights holder, are the broadcast rights holder for it. So you'll be able to listen on the SEN app all along the weekend. And we'll do that next on Off the Tee. That was our news update for Ping Golf. Ping Golf equipment is custom engineered, custom fit, and custom built for you to play your best. Lower your score and improve your game with custom-fitted clubs at Pure Form Golf. This is Off The Tee with Sam Hargraves and Nick O'Hearn. It's probably going to be our biggest event um, so far on the calendar, so you know, hopefully the, you know, everyone laps it up and, and um, we can see this thing just get, get stronger and stronger. I played a little bit of golf down here as a junior, as an amateur, uh, very similar to Melbourne golf, I, I think, and uh, yeah, so it'll be good to be be down here playing these courses again. Obviously, there's been some things going on and whatnot, but besides all that, you see the product and what it actually is. You guys are going to see it this week. It's going to be special. Uh, we certainly think it will be special. It'll be a whole lot of things. The great disruptor. Live golf, what an impact it's already had in the golfing world. And it comes to Australia, massive event this will be. That was Cam Smith, courtesy of Channel 7 and Channel 10 News. And Bryson DeChambeau was the last voice you'd hear there. My mission was always to bring an event to Australia, to bring 48 of the best players in this quality field has never been done before down to Australia regularly where you could build true value. The PGA Tour come in for one tournament what is it, every 12 years, and they suck it dry and leave. We are a leader in so many different ways, and we are leading so far ahead of the President's Cup in delivering to Australia. That is the boss of Live, Greg Norman, uh, and this is the weekend where it all happens at the Grange in Adelaide. Nick Ahern, you're going to be there covering it with the team from SEN. I'm very jealous, but um, not about me. Um, heard from Cam, heard from Bryson DeChambeau. This event, it is massive. The party holes have been done. You can get tattoos on site. It's it's going to be like you've like nothing you've ever seen before. The the individual and the team aspect. 
Just how big is this with the field? I mean, we've got eight major winners in the in the field. We have a lot. I know that. I don't know yep. actually how many, but yeah, I'll be there on the weekend. Really looking forward to uh, to the coverage, and it's an interesting one. People have always asked me how do I feel about live golf, and I've always sort of sat in the middle. Uh, I mm. guess you could say I've been. You know, Some people call that the fence. The fence. Yeah. Well, I am. <laughs> I am a, a, a Librian and my star sign, so you know, I'm, I'm scales, just balancing things out. I don't blame a lot of the golfers for going and taking the money and all that sort of side of thing. I mean, I've, at the end of my career, I probably would have done the same thing, to be mm. honest. But um, the format and that, I'm not that enamored with. You know, the team aspect, I think I quite like. I think yeah. there's some real, something they could do something cool with that. The 54-hole shotgun, that's another story. Um, I think it's going to be massive. I mean, fifty to 60,000 tickets have already been sold, I believe. It, or it's sold out. Uh, yeah. Funnily enough, last week I was I was up at Cathedral and I bumped into Greg Norman in the locker room. He was up there. Hello. <laughs> yeah, I walked in. I was out there. It wasn't, for... it wasn't in the same state of uh, undress or thereabouts. No, he was in that no, Instagram post no. he put up a couple of years ago, was it? <laughs> no, fortunately not. He was putting his shoes on. He, he's still looking as fit as ever, that's yep. for sure. And I haven't seen Greg in, I don't know, a dozen years or so probably. But uh, Have a good chat. Yeah, it was fun. You know, I just had a chat with him about a few different things, how it was all going. Said I was going to be there doing the radio, and uh, he went out and played because he was showing a friend of his cathedral who'd never been out. Greg obviously designed the yes. golf course out there, <laughs> uh, and then I, I saw on uh, the social pages he was out at Royal Melbourne, almost having a hole in one I on saw the that. Uh, on the fifth hole of the West Course. So yep. uh, that would have been how funny. that didn't drop. It hit the flag dead on, I yeah. thought, and then ricocheted away. But uh, wrong uh, club, I think it was going too fast. So. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure you told him that. <laughs> no, no, no. That was after I saw him. But. Yep. Yeah, he's really excited for the golf tournament coming yeah. to Australia. And to have that, all those players, I mean, we only see that sort of uh, quality of field, I guess you could say, at the President's Cup uh, that we've had at Royal Melbourne, what, a couple of times in recent years. So uh, it'll be an interesting golf tournament. It'll be very interesting to see how the local community, the fans and everything get behind it. I mean, it's, what is it called, golf but louder. They've got yeah. a bit of a party hole. I think they're quartering it calling it the watering hole. They're playing the Grange golf course, which is, uh, and they're using a composite of the East and West. I used to play pro-ams back in there, back in the nineties. Yeah. So I commentated the Australian the Open women's there. It was, a, a, it's a magnificent mm. course. Yeah. I, I love the golf course back in the nineties when I played there, but uh, it's been a long time since I've been, so I'm looking forward to seeing it. Well, these are the names that you'll see just to name a few Mickelson, Watson, Schwartzel, uh, Westwood, uh, Varna the second answer to Shambeau. Uh, Leishman, uh, of course, Poulter, Neiman, Stenson. Uh, the list just goes on and on. Garcia, Smith, of course, Jones, uh, Oosthuizen, Johnson, Reed, and on and on. Uh, Kepka, just the second at the Masters. Uh, Charles Howe, the third. And, um, there is some serious talent. Uh, and I want to ask you about the team aspect. I was reading an interview with Cam Smith the other day where they are just loving the Aussies are loving being in this team together. Uh, Jones, Cam Smith, obviously, uh, Mark Leishman, and uh, who am I? Jed Morgan. Oh, they're Jed. In the, yes. uh, and, and their team name, uh, just in case you didn't know and weren't across it, uh, they are the Ripper GC. So the, the, the names you know of the players, but then you've got to know these names, the four aces, the crushes, the fireballs, the high flyers, the iron heads, the majestics, <laughs> the range goats. Led by Bubba Watson, Ripper GC, Smash GC, Stinger GC, Talk GC. So whoever, I think the only person not getting paid properly is the person coming up with the names because they're not that great. But they're, they're shockers, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it is an, a seriously impressive lineup. Um, Greg has a point. We don't really often get this standard or this caliber of international golfer descending on Australia. No, we don't. And uh, I'm going to be 
fascinated to see how they tackle the golf course too, mm. because it's not anything like they get in the US or, or internationally, really. I mean, it, the Grange Golf Club, it's, I mean, they're, they're, I've always said there are four really good golf courses in Adelaide. Obviously, Royal Adelaide being number one. Kuyonga's another great mm. one, uh, Glenelg, and, and then the Grange. And uh, the composite that they're going to play, they're going to get the best out of the 36 holes that they have there. And it's a venue where Norman won his first professional golf tournament back in the late 70s. Um, as you said, they've had the Women's Australian Opens there. So it's used to putting on a, a, a big show for, um, for, for high-level golf and how the Americans, especially for me, tackle the golf course will be quite fascinating because whenever they come to Melbourne and when we watched them in the President's Cup, it usually takes them a little while to figure out how to play Australian-style golf courses because it's much firmer here. The greens are faster and firmer and things like that. And if it gets mm. windy, which I think the conditions are going to be pretty good, so mm. hopefully the weather holds and, and we'll get to see uh, some stellar golf. Well, the point I was going to make before, and then I got sidetracked, it happens. Team golf. I love that that's how Liv have sort of differentiated themselves, I think, in the most significant way. Never mind the 54, never mind the no cuts, but really tapping into team. Mm. And I think the idea is that they want to try and sell some of the franchises and that's how they're going to recoup money. But hearing Adam Scott and Mark Leishman, Jed Morgan um, uh, and Matt Jones talk about the fact that the team element, they are loving. They live in each other's pockets. They train together. They did a pre-season camp together. And from what we're hearing, the other players are loving it too. There is a real bond that's developing. I reckon especially for the international players that weren't from the US, the loneliness that they felt. And you could talk to this. You were lucky that where you lived, I think that there's a lot, of other, a lot of other Aussies around. But you would have felt that in your time over there. Well, I felt it at the President's Cups I played. Yeah, I loved the team aspect there. I loved, mm. funnily enough, growing up here in Australia, playing pennant golf. Yeah. I, I love that team at the bonding experience with that as well. Um, <clears throat> for in the Americans, they, they love the college system, you know, because they have a college team and they travel together, do that. And as a professional golfer, you lose that because it's very much an individual sport. Uh, you never have teammates and it's very rare that you do. So when they, that style of golf comes along, I think players really embrace that. The issue they're going to have with the team side of things is, where do they get world ranking points and things like that? So there's these, these other things that mm. they're trying to attract and it's because it's not traditional form of golf, they're really going to struggle in those areas. So there's, you know, rumors around that will live golf last, uh, how far will it go ahead? Will anyone buy into this whole team aspect? I think the, the best event I saw last year on their schedule was the final one at, uh, at Doral mm. when all of a sudden every putt meant something in the team aspect, because that's really what they were playing for. Now, if they could do that week in, week out, that would be great. But the problem with is in professional golf, it's an individual sport. If you want to get those world ranking points so the players mm. can keep you know, playing majors and, and having long careers, well, then they need the individual side of it as well. So finding the balance somehow is the real tricky part in all this. Uh, you're going to hear all the action on the SEN app across the course of the weekend. Live Golf Adelaide, it should be incredible. Got no doubt that it is going to leave an indelible mark, and this could be the first of many uh, and probably more around the country if Greg Norman gets his way. Adelaide won't be the only uh, live event, or it won't just be one a year. He's hoping for maybe a couple more. So give me a tip. Who's winning from a team perspective and from a, 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 an individual perspective? Okay, well, from Whose game suits the Grange? Well, you've got to favour the Aussies. I mean, uh, home course advantage, home court advantage, or whatever you want to say. I know someone who's going to be there, I believe, as an alternate is Wade Ormsby. It's a shame he doesn't get a start because he's he's an Adelaide boy and, and knows those golf courses uh, like no one else. So, unfortunately, he's not playing unless someone obviously pulls out. But 
you've got to go for the Aussies from a from a uh, team perspective, the Ripper team, as they say. Yes. Uh, on an individual basis, that's a that's a tougher one as well. I, I just again, I, I'm I have to go with an Aussie. Um, I think look, Cam Smith has has struggled so far this year. Mm. So obviously, I have a feeling he's going to put some time and effort in. I think being home, which is why he joined the Live Golf League, be, being able to come back to Australia, play more golf here, I think that's going to inspire him. And that's not a surprising pick, but I've got to go with Smithy. An all Aussie affair. You'll be able to listen on the SEN app. Nick, yourself, uh, Miles Fitzner, the local Adelaide boy uh, over there. We've got a, a fantastic team that are assembled. I don't know if it's been officially announced, so I won't do it here. Um, but, uh, yeah, you guys are going to do a magnificent job. I've got no doubt, uh, history in the making, um, whichever way, whether you love it or loathe it, you can't help, but be fascinated by it. No, you're absolutely right. I'm going over there with a very open mind just to see what it's all about. And I'm looking forward to commentating these guys and, uh, seeing some great golf. Uh, well, speaking of great golf, we're going to help you uh, play a little bit greater. Nick Ahern's tip of the week coming up next as we wrap up off the tee for another week. Lower your score and improve your game with custom-fitted clubs at Pureform Golf. This is Off The Tee with Sam Hargraves and Nick O'Hearn. Time to finish up with our tips of the week for Mizuno Golf. Hashtag nothing feels like a Mizuno. Nick O'Hearn, what have you got? Well, this is a little different one, this one, because it's actually not in my book, uh, How to Play Your Best Golf. But uh, it's I saw Jordan Spieth doing this uh, over the... Uh, course of the Sunday round, whenever he got about a foot and a half, two feet away to four feet in that three, four foot range, when he putted those, he looked at the hole rather than at the ball. And so at the moment of impact with club yeah, to ball, just before he took the putter head back, he would look at the hole and then make his stroke while he was looking at the hole. Now, some people often ask me, how do you make those three, four footers all the time? Now, if you're struggling with them, this is actually quite a good way to do it. And I mean, when you think about it, whenever you throw a ball to someone, you look at where you're going to throw the ball. You're actually not looking at your hand or, or the ball in your hand. And in a, in a sense, with these shorter putts, if you're looking at the hole, that's where you want the ball to go. So just make a stroke while you're looking at the hole. And what it does, it'll sort of free your mind up a little bit because what tends to happen on those shorter putts, we're so worried about missing them, mm. is that you kind of look at the putt ahead as you're taking it back and as you're making your follow through, you're thinking, don't miss. <laughs> Whereas this way, you take all that element out of it, you're looking at the hole and then you just pull the trigger and away you go. And if someone filmed it, you'll probably notice that your stroke is nice and smooth and has good rhythm to it. And Jordan Spieth is doing that on all of his short putts at the moment. So if it's good enough for Jordan, if you're struggling with the short ones, maybe give it a go. Get in your home ball. Are you too good to get in your home? <laughs> Bit of Happy Gilmore again. I well, like you it. brought it up earlier, yeah. so I thought we'd finish off with that. <laughs> never a bad, uh, never a bad thing to finish up with a bit of Happy Gilmore. We do have to do, and we will maybe uh, do our greatest golfing movies we of will. all time. Um, it's a short list. Now, next week, by the way, we are going to have an email for you. We'll announce it next week where you will actually be able to email your questions in to Nick Ahern and get him to respond to those on air. It's almost like uh, the Agony Aunt uh, <laughs> segment. I like this. Dr. This Nick. Be, yeah. It's, it'll be better than me coming up with something for sure. That'd be great. So you'll be able to email in uh, and ask Nick yourself uh, the questions that will help you play your best golf. In the meantime, just get his book because uh, it is very, very good. Our swing tips from Mizuno Golf. Find your nearest stockist or fitter at mizunogolf.com slash 
AU. Nick, enjoy Adelaide. Enjoy live. Enjoy the whole live experience. I'll have plenty to talk about next week. Cannot wait to hear all about it. Cannot wait to hear it on the SEN app uh, as well. And cannot wait till next week when we bring you more off the tee. We do it all for Pure Form Golf. Improve your game with custom-fitted clubs at Pure Form Golf. Until next week, happy hitting. And this has been Off the Tee.